evening everybody and welcome to Kingdom 101 Relationships. Today is Wednesday, January 12th. I'm Pastor Lanzine Lee of Astounding Love, a Global Church Fellowship, which I guess you know, and we're going to get started. I am very excited to talk to you tonight because I want to hear what the Holy Spirit has to say just as much as I'm imagining you do. So let's go ahead and pray and then we'll get right into tonight's uh, teaching. Heavenly Father, I come before you tonight in the name of Yeshua Jesus, and I thank you. I thank you so much for the power of your word. I thank you for the rescue that you have appointed to us, for deliverance, for all of the aspects of, of heaven, uh, all the principles, the, the connections, the provisions, the outpourings, the plans, the purpose, all that you have for us, the goodness, the mercy, the grace, all that you desire to release to us because it's your heart. I thank you for touching my heart with yours. I thank you for healing. I thank you for love. I thank you for everything that is you and that tonight you will open the eyes and the ears and the hearts of all of us who are listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit as you teach us about relationships, about preeminence, about trust, whatever it is that is on your heart that you want to convey to us. I am your conduit, I'm your vessel that is anointed of you to speak, but I'm also your student and I'm also your servant and I'm also your child, your son. And I want this, I want this for me. I want to walk in this in the integrity that you desire so that there is authenticity as these words are released that i don't speak anything from a theoretical perspective but that this is from the intimacy of knowing you and walking with you and it comes from a place of brokenness and humility i thank you so much for this honor holy spirit that you have granted me to be able to speak this word your word and i tremble even in your presence that it would be handled accurately reverently, honorably, and with joy. Glory to God in the highest. I worship you, I praise you. I thank you so much that I am in the family of God and for many more being added, even as your spirit reaches out to touch the lives of those that hear this, to change us, life-changing words, not merely information. And I receive it, even as I release it, by faith, in that name above every name, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching through me tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Um, so, you know, one of the things that I think those of you that are somewhat familiar with me, I, um, you understand that when I get into the prayer time, even in an opening prayer, it, it's fun. And I'm looking, I'm searching to see what words to say because I don't want to pray anything empty. And I don't like, you know, just to say words for the sake of saying words. And so I care very much about what each prayer is. I never have the same one, so it's not formulaic. And that leads really right into the whole idea or the whole point of, of this teaching about relationship is that our prayers come from the relationship that we have with him, with the himself, with the Holy Spirit, with the Father, with the Son. 
our primary scripture, we're going to pull through the notes. And I, I will tell you, I know sometimes when I hold up books or I hold up pieces of paper, that unless I remember to reverse the camera before uploading, it's backwards to you all. So I notice that sometimes when I watch the replay and it's like, oops, forgot. But um, <laughs> anyway, that's why I also tell you the title. So that if you can't see it right because it's backwards in the in this, then at least you you still know where to go find them. I'm still looking at the notes on uh, the kingdom, this kingdom thing of ours, which is an expression I really love. This kingdom thing of ours, and this whole series of, of what we're doing. And so we're looking at the notes in terms of points of study, and it's the one that says kingdom relationship absolutes. Now I'm going to hold it up anyway. And uh, that's what it says. And prayerfully, when you get it, it will still say it. As you see, my copy's pretty worn. But points of study, kingdom relationship absolutes. And we defined relationship as an association, a connection, an affiliation, a rapport, a bond, a liaison, a link, or a correlation. And those are just some of the words that define it. But what we want to look at are the, the, the points of study. And the first one we, we keep com coming back to and we're going to keep coming back to because what we have to do is have these things that are so rooted in us that we have, that it becomes our default. We change defaults, we do resets, we change defaults. And so all kingdom relationships are rooted in the king. And there, you know, you say, well, my secular relationships will really, I get it that you call it a secular relationship or it's a physical relationship or it's this type of relationship. But once you become a kingdom citizen, everything needs to be raised up to a different level. And so if it's not a kingdom relationship, then you understand where the faults are going to be. It's even in a existing connection or relationship that you have with someone, wherever there's a falling away, wherever there is an, a conflict, a point of conflict, the kingdom becomes the standard by which all issues are resolved. That's why it is a kingdom relationship absolute. It needs to be raised to that. It needs to be baptized in it. It needs to be uh, conformed to the image of Christ Jesus so that any conflict can be resolved by putting him first. All right. Um, <laughs> This is Kingdom Relationships, Kingdom 101 Relationships, and this is the Wednesday Night Bible Study for Astounding Love Global Church Fellowship. And I am Pastor Lanzine Lee. This is actually a restart for me because I started taping and then I had an issue with my camera and everything stopped. So I had some really good stuff to say <laughs> that I may incorporate, but I want to just move forward. We're going to look at uh, the points of study in the under the heading Kingdom Relationship Absolute. So if you have those early notes, this is probably the first series of notes. And most of you that are studying along with us, you do have these. I want you to go back and we're going to look at them. And my prayer for this session, because I have actually already prayed, is Heavenly Father, thank you for causing all the things that we need to hear to be brought forward. And I speak to every disruption and say, back off in the name of Jesus, and we'll move forward. Amen. So all kingdom relationships are rooted in the king. 
and we looked at the definition of relationships, that it's an association, a connection, an affiliation, a rapport, a bond, a liaison, a link, or a correlation. The most important thing that we want to get out of this and why we want to continually go back over these things is so that we have these so rooted and grounded on the inside of us that it becomes our default. That any relationship you have, here we're talking kingdom relationships, but you may say, well, I have a secular one or I have this or I have that. Well, the point of conflict or whatever is going on in any relationship, we want the kingdom standard. And so what we find, if you are in a uh, marital relationship or you, friendship, whatever it is, and there's a point of con uh, conflict, it needs to be raised to the kingdom standard, which means that Christ has the preeminence. Whenever Jesus has the preeminence, then you're going to have conflict resolved because each party that is kingdom oriented is going to agree with what the word of God says. And that once you, once you've established what the word says, there is no more argument. Everyone simply submits to it. This will save a lot of relationships because I think what happens many times with people, and we are kind of looking now at our relationship uh, with fr uh, friends, uh, a friendship. And so what we, what we also have to say is it has to be rooted first in my friendship with the Lord, with my friendship with the Holy Spirit, because the absolutes means that this is the standard of the kingdom of God. There's nothing higher. And so absolutely, this is where we must come to. All kingdom relationships are rooted in the king. That was point number one. Point number two, every relationship is patterned after Jesus. Thus, we are to submit to, receive, and be joyous in every relationship that we are given. Now, that's a gift from above. The relationships that he gives us. There are sometimes we find ourselves entangled in things that God did not have anything to do with. This is something that we decided to gift ourselves. You may be your relationship with a vehicle you have, a relationship with a uh, a, a creditor, a relationship with other people, that it's something that you gave yourself, but the Lord did not sanction. And many of us, we feel like, well, I don't even have the right to choose my friends. Well, it's not that you don't have the right to choose your friends. It's that you have the right to listen to what God is saying about the people, because we choose people according to their personality, but God chooses by spirit. And this is a spirit to spirit relationship. We have to keep that in, in mind that we don't know anybody after the flesh. We want to know them after the spirit. And that's what we want to walk in and to talk with him and to continue to move with him in that. So uh, point three will we'll underline, it undergirds what I'm saying. If the relationship is not rooted in the king, it is not kingdom. This includes our relationship with self. So that self-hatred or the self-condemnation, um, all that kind of stuff, that's not rooted in the kingdom. And once you become his, once you or I become a part of the family of God, then what we have to understand is that we are going to move in the things of God the way the king establishes them. I'm going to reference page 155 in my book, uh, Kingdom 101, and I'm going to read from there. Uh, we're going to look at this because we're talking about relationships uh, with friends. But we're, first of all, it always, always has to stay with Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else is added to you. What does that mean? That means that when I seek the kingdom, I seek it by way of intimacy. I seek the kingdom by way of relationship because honestly, how did you get in the kingdom of God? You've got to know somebody. <laughs> You've got to know Jesus to be a part of the kingdom. So yes, this is exclusive, but yet the invitation is open to whosoever will.
So the exclusivity is become of being a kingdom citizen comes from receiving and accepting the invitation. It doesn't come because God likes you better than everyone else. It is to whosoever will, but not everyone does. And so to be a part of the kingdom of God, you've got to know Jesus. You have to be, you, it's an inside thing. And when you know Jesus, he introduces you to the Father. He introduces you to the Holy Spirit. So you know Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and you have opportunity through Jesus to get to know them, the Father, more intimately, to get to know Holy Spirit more intimately. And Holy Spirit tells you more about Jesus. So you see that three in one is that is that one relationship that we must have in order to even be able to to begin to manifest or to let the truth of what the kingdom of God is to be seen through our lives. So I'm going to, and then that relationship is the pattern by which all other relationships are to follow. And it is, uh, it's patterned after Jesus. So we submit to, and we receive, and we're joyous because those are things that he is and that he exhibited in his relationship with the father. And then he exhibited the patience of the father with those that he discipled, those that he brought forward to come into the kingdom that, that he, he trained, he related to and so forth. So when you're looking at, we, we've talked over the last many weeks, our conversation has been based upon um, the relationship, what we know about ourselves. By now, prayerfully, you have a better connection to who you are because that relationship is, is steeped in knowing your identity in Christ Jesus, knowing who you are and why you are here. And, and it, it, knowing who you are comes from knowing who is in you, he who is in you that is greater than he that is in the world. That's First John 4, 4. So see, you're of God. And so every little taunt, every little fault finding, and I'm talking about from a worldly secular standard, it is not even legal conversation from the kingdom perspective because you are speaking from the, uh, from the adversary's camp. You're not saying the things that the king says about you. And that is a lesson learned in the kingdom. I say what the king says. So as we look at that, our scriptures for tonight I've already listed Matthew 6, 33, and I've also mentioned 1 John 4, 4. But the pattern scriptures that we're going to look at are Colossians chapter 1, verses 18 through 22. And I'm really going to look, we're going to look at it from the Passion Translation and reference, of course, the King James. But I want to read, I'm going to be reading out of two books tonight. And if you already have them, then you'll be able to follow along, follow along with me. Otherwise, I'll, I'll give you page numbers. The first book that I'm going to be reading out of is Kingdom 101. Uh, full title of this book, The Supernatural Reality of Heaven on Earth, which is written by myself. And that's what this course is uh, revolving around. And then as I had shared last week and the week before, I'm also going to be coming out of one of the um, books written by uh, Dr. Barry Cook. In this particular case, we're going to be looking again out of um, his book, Establishing Your Course Through the Prophetic Anointing. So those are the two books that are primary with the number one book being the Holy Bible. So starting with the scriptures, um, I'm reading out of the Passion Translation, but also referencing the King James Version of the Bible, Kingdom 101, um, The Supernatural Reality of Heaven on Earth. Yeah, don't you know your own book title? Sure. 
I can read it right from the cover and then also establishing your course through prophetic anointing. And we'll see how all this connects together. Uh, I really love the, the direction that the Holy Spirit is taking us in, especially as we're looking at having relationship. So let's start with the best writer I know who is the Holy Spirit. And let's go to Colossians chapter one, starting in verse 18. And of course, I disrupted that. <laughs> and I want to go ahead and um, let's, I want to start with verse 14, Colossians 1, 14. So we just added to it verses 14 through 22, I guess is where we're going to look at. It says in verse 14, Colossians 1, for in the son, all of our sins are canceled and we have the release of redemption through his very blood. That's going to become important as, as we go on, especially as we look at Dr. Barry's book, okay? Uh, verse 15, he is the divine portrait, the true likeness of the invisible God and the firstborn heir of all creation. For through the Son, everything was created, both in the heavenly realm and on the earth, all that is seen and all that is unseen. Every seat of power, realm of government, principality, and authority, it was all created through him and for his purpose. He exists, he existed before anything was made, and now everything finds completion in him. He is the head of his body, which is the church. And since he is the beginning and the firstborn heir in resurrection, he is the most exalted one holding first place in everything. For God is satisfied to have all his fullness dwelling in Christ. And by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself, back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. Even though you were once distant from him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, he reconnected you back to himself. He released his supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of his own body as the sin payment on your behalf so that you would dwell in his presence. And now there's nothing between you and Father God, for he sees you as holy, flawless, and restored. If indeed you continue to advance in faith, assured of a firm foundation to grow upon, never be shaken from the hope of the gospel you have believed in. And this is the glorious news I preach all over the world. So our actual text is Colossians 1.14 through verse 23 that was in the passion translation and i definitely also recommend reading it in the king james okay so now having said that what i want to look at in terms of these friendships and these relationships is that we want to think about the friends that god sends to us scriptures tell us that a friend is closer than a brother and it, it talks about the qualities and the cost of it because Jesus says, um, you are now, you, you, I call you my friends. Once you were my disciples only, but now I call you friends. It means that there was a price that was paid. Every single ship, this is also from the teaching module, uh, number one, lesson one, part one. And it says that every single ship we engage in during our lives must be rooted in Christ and every relationship must be nurtured. See, there are some, there are some rules that you might say, well, these are the rules of engagement as far as being friends is concerned. But I want to suggest to you that these are the standards that we have internally by which we govern every relationship 
that I'm going to nurture, I'm going to develop, I'm going to invest time, I'm going to invest myself into these things before you make a demand on somebody else to give you those things. You need to understand, I need to understand what is rooted in me that is going to be a natural release to anyone that I'm in that friendship, in that relationship with. Before I look at what everybody else's standards are, I have to look at the standards that the Holy Spirit has established and then let that be in me because that's rooted in the word of God. And so from that place, now I've got kingdom on the inside. That's the place by which my relationships with others are governed. And sometimes people are going to fall short on that. Well, it's not up to me to demand that they be raised to the kingdom standard. No, the agreement that we make about what kind of relationship this is going to be, it's, it comes maybe in the discovery phase. I know who I bring to the table, but I know everybody doesn't want to eat from what I brought. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, those... Uh, banquets or those uh, smorgasbords or whatever. Uh, some people call them potlucks. I had a pastor once say, yeah, it is luck in this case because you don't know how they cook. But anyway, but you can be discerning. Um, <laughs> uh, what you want to recognize is everybody doesn't want to eat from the fruit that you have. Uh, if it's green, if it's raw, if, uh, if it's uh, undeveloped, then I can understand that because you're bringing the maturity to the table. But if you're choosing to, to grow in these things and allow the only standard for all of the ships, the relationships um, that you engage in, that you're willing to pay, the, you're willing to take the price that has already been paid and to make that your standard, you're going to have a higher quality of uh, interaction with other people. But you're also going to have to be able to assess what your degree of need is, because a lot of times we look for a friendship because we're needy and desperate. And so that's going to have a different smell, a different flavor to it than does that which has been established by the kingdom. That tells us uh, that we have some work to do, that the spirit of the Lord wants to rid us of the stench of the thing, the ways of the world, uh, of the worries and the cares of the world, and to be able to clothe us instead in the righteousness and in the love of God that will wash away these things and, and allow us to, to be able to see clearly where we're pulling in a earthly, sensual, devilish idea and where this, this the, 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 the standards of the kingdom it says, no, we need to get discard that and raise you up to that level of wholeness or wellness so that you are able to uh, navigate. Maybe I'll just use that word, navigate properly and move in the, the relationships that he has intended and established. Because in each of those, we're all contributing something that is for the growth of the body. I'll go to Ephesians 4. For the growth, it promotes the growth of the body for the edifying, for the building up of itself in love. Because the body of Christ is meant to walk in the love of Christ and to release the love of Christ. Because that's the heart of the Father, that he wants the whole world to know how much he loves them. Through us, he does. So to God, friendship comes at a cost. This is in your notes. There is interest in one another's lives. There's self-investment of time or money or et cetera, uh, which means maybe your travel time or your phone time or your spending time. 
there's a sense of selflessness in this. A sacrifice is a part of friendship. Otherwise, you may just be acquaintances. One of the gifts that I give to friends, but I give it to the rest of the world too, just maybe not on the same levels, is prayer time. Because I pray for my friends. I speak the word of the Lord, the will of God. I don't pray what I want for my friends. I pray what the Father wants. And sometimes some of them take a little more. I invest in in prayer time. That's a part of my time that I'm not playing this or doing this or doing the other, but my friends need my time. Sometimes it's listening time. Sometimes it's, it's uh, laughter time. It's, it's, it's whatever it happens to be. But the, the things that have been put in me specifically for those friendships, I don't withhold. And it's taken a while to learn that. I'm, I'm certainly not the perfect friend because along with that, those giftings, my flaws show up too. And so my friends have to decide how intimate they want to be, how much of me they want, <laughs> how much of me can they take, how much of me they want to know about. And that's a mutual thing. And so there's that give and take. And that's where maybe the principle of, of the factor of patience comes in. Let patience have its perfect work. Because when you start getting involved with people and you see their imperfections, you have to see from the spirit realm to see what the father has in mind and then patience and, and the timing of God has to come into it. And maybe I'm going a little ahead, but I somebody needs to hear this. Uh, I want you to understand you can't rush a friendship. You cannot rush the aging of it. You cannot rush the maturity of it. And it doesn't really begin until both parties are willing to engage. So you may know that you're going to be friends with someone, but it's going to have to come at the pace, not not your not your impatience, but having the patience to allow the spirit of the Lord to do it the way he wants to do it instead of having it because I'm just so excited. I want this person to be my friend and so forth and so on. Um, you know, hold back on that sometimes because you might scare them off. And that's not, fear is not supposed to be in the relationship other than the spirit of the fear of the Lord. All right. So here we go. Friends take the risk of telling one another the truth. How self-involved are you? Sometimes people say, I'm just going to tell them. And they tell you because they don't, they really want to drive you away. Well, that's not truth. That's um, cruelty. And that's not what it is. But a friend loves at all times. And so sometimes you're going to have to tell someone something that that may hurt them. It may hurt the flesh, but it will gratify the spirit because the spirit man will say, I needed to know this. Galatians 3, 3, I believe it is. Um, he asked the question, yeah, are you so foolish having begun in the spirit? Will you now be made perfect in the flesh? But there's another question that Paul asked. I believe it's in that same passage, and it is, have I become your enemy since I now tell you, since I tell you the truth? When I tell you the truth, do you view me as an enemy instead of a friend? See, a friend love, loves at all times. And the Bible tells us that faithful are the wounds of a friend, deceitful are the kisses of an enemy who sees you headed, I would say, sees you headed in a wrong direction, in a place that will lead to your destruction. They don't say anything. A friend will tell you, I, I think that you better take another look at your infatuation with a certain person because you may be drawn to that person by your wounds of yesterday, by what somebody else did to you. 
Maybe you need to put that on hold and go back to the Lord and let him start to minister to you. Or uh, let's look at this again, as opposed to your immaturity will say, I think you're just not wanting me to have anybody or you're just judgmental or you're just critical. Well, baby, you may be caught up in, in a form of witchcraft that you're not familiar with, but your friend has walked with you and can smell the stench that's trying to come upon you. So those are the things a friend takes the risk of telling you the truth, knowing that you may reject them and you may tell them, you may, some people call it blessing out, but I'm going to say you cuss them out. You tell them straight up, I don't want to have anything to do with you. And you find words you didn't know you still had in you, that your vocabulary has suddenly become enriched with some naughty words because your feelings, because you are self-protective over desperation. And a friend will tell you, baby, you're being desperate here. It's not palatable. It, thankfully, it doesn't have to be told often. When you have matured to a place that you want to hear that, then things are going to go out well. I'm, I'm just all over the place here. So I, I'm speaking to somebody. I'm speaking to a, a few somebodies. And so who, I'm talking to you. <laughs> I'm talking to you. And I am talking to me too because I take this. I, I, I'm, I'm in a stage of my life right now where there's a lot of transformation that is happening. And I'm learning lessons that I, I'll share on different formats, but I'm learning lessons that, that tell me, listen, you have to treat every day as a place that you've never been. You, you haven't lived in this day yet. And so with it will come some, some challenges. And with this day comes some opportunities to make decisions to keep moving forward in your in victory. And so therefore, you're going to have to look at some things that maybe you don't know how to handle. You handled it from your yesterday, but you're not at that level anymore. Because with every day, there's a layering, there's something more. And I'm learning that over and over again. As transformation comes, do you think too highly of yourself? Do you think more of your flesh than you do of the word of God? Do you think this? Do you think that? Are some people suddenly unworthy of you? And I know there's a lot of positive uh, memes and things that go around. You you want to, and I, I post some of them too. Uh, you know, you want to work with people that, that help you to function, not malfunction or not to create a dysfunctioning. And all that kind of stuff is true. But you don't stem it by according to their behavior, but according to the spirit of God. We have to understand that we can only have one standard by which we base our opinions and make our assessments. It, it's the smell test of the spirit. Because you see, it may be a perfumed pig and, and it looks good and, and, and it, it doesn't, no, there doesn't seem to be anything wrong, but you better test it by the spirit of the, of, of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of the living God, and then be willing to ask him, will you also speak to me through other sources, through your word and through some voice, your voice coming out of a few different vessels, even sometimes a vessel that I wouldn't typically want to hear from. If and when you're willing to grow, you're willing to put these things to the test. And man, am I ahead of where I wanted to go. I have, I'm driving ahead of the, the, the scriptures. I mean, the, 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 the verbiage here, but let's keep going. And I'm going to read from these two books. And I'm opening up this as a discussion. I want you all to engage in this. I want you to 
post your not just your comments you know because a lot of times people oh yes i knew that god told me this and and i was so sure it's like baby that's great god told you that but what was the price that you had to pay in order to hear this you see there is a level underneath that there's something else that was gut wrenching that was life changing that was eye opening and all of these other type of of metaphors, if you will, you you didn't you were not born so smart that you just know everything, and everything did not come from twenty years ago when you first learned it. What we're interested in in this, when I open up these things and say talk, engage, I'm saying come at it from today, come at it from something that you learned at a different level, not your level twenty years ago, but the one now, uh, not two thousand and two but 2022, what's going on with you now? What's your current uh, uh, barometer, if you will? What, what, is the, what can you get out of this now? Not just what you learned back then, but today when this word was presented to you, what can you bring forth out of yourself and say, wow, this has just hit the humanity. This has just hit places of where I'm still allowing mediocrity because we want to, we learn from one another. And, and this, this sharing, what it does is it brings healing to the wounds. So then, yeah, I still got a scar, but it's a badge of, of, of the victory that, that I took, you know, I, I moved from the place of victory and we got those wounds healed so that they will never again fester. And then they'll take me into when the next day, the next day known as today comes. I've brought with it the experience that starts to season me in the things of the kingdom. Let's read this. Um, here's something I'm, I'm going to read out of um, my book. And this is page 260. It's the beginning of the chapter called Unset Carnal Defaults. And the scripture here that's listed is Philippians 2.5 in the uh, CEV. And what it says is, and think the same way that Christ Jesus thought. It doesn't take a statistician to see that most individuals claiming to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ do not think the way that he does. Listen to everyday conversations and you will see how seldom the words people speak align with the way the mind of Christ Jesus works. We learn a lot about his mind by giving attention to the things that he said and did on earth. As you read these next few paragraphs, consider your current answer to a simple question. And here's the question. How are you stewarding the life that God is giving you? There's so much to that. Oh, anyway. Okay. Consider your lifestyle, actions and reactions in any given moment. Are you settled into living life on your own terms? If God wanted to completely disrupt your lifestyle, social circle, and conversation, would you yield to him or would you put up a fight? The way that you have positioned your life will either reflect a series of religious works or a daily infusion of faith, power, and supernatural occurrences that defy the natural understanding. And it's really rooted in choice. This is your moment to discover where you rebel at the kingdom mind flow. How do you think differently from what God said? because the answer will be found in your conversation. Every place in our lives where our conversation tends I'm so sorry. Um, hopefully this has solved the problem because my cameras just keep stop working. So I'm reading out of Kingdom 101, page 260, 
unset carnal defaults. I'm not going to start from the very beginning of the chapter, but what I am going to start at is on page 261, the second paragraph, where it says, every place in our lives where our conversation tends to gossip, judgment, complaining, or making excuses about anything that God wants us to do. We have a situation. Anywhere that our thoughts and opinions differ from God are areas ripe for supernatural change. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Romans 8, 5. The Lord wants us to expand and grow, but sometimes we prefer to stay in a rut. He wants us to go on a great adventure of faith with Him, but we find it easier to sit in an armchair and find fault with how, everyone, how, with how everyone else pursues Him. He wants us to get up and follow him, but but what? What is our what is our reason, if you will, for not following after him? There's no point in listing examples here because kingdom citizens understand that we've already made our choice. And from this point on, we will do whatever God wants to do. So here it lists Romans 8, 6. And I'll go ahead and finish this. It says, we can't go into a state of transformation believing that we have no need for expansion or reformation. Supernatural human life, supernatural superhuman life is not limited to what we think we already know or read about. We need more heavenly encounters in our homes, churches, marketplace, ministries, political arenas, schools, hospitals, forms of entertainment, and every other place we pursue our personal destinies while we live on the earth. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. That's Romans 8, 6. Wow. Remember the rich young ruler that encountered Jesus? This young man had great confidence in his own ability and his works. He appeared to have all the qualifications necessary to receive eternal life, but Jesus had a different perspective on what was necessary. He gave the young man the king's way of storing up treasure in heaven. He basically told him, trade in the life you live so comfortably without my help. Give to the poor and follow me. Scripture references for that are Matthew nineteen sixteen through 22. Mark chapter 10, verses 17 through 22, and Luke chapter 18, verses 18 through 24. If you believe that you are already perfectly aligned with God in your words, thoughts, and deeds, you might want to have a chat with Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to hold there for a moment, and I'll come back to that. I want to go back to this list again. It says that uh, in um, what this the notes, it says that friends really do not let one another drive drunk. Let me read the sentence before that. Friends take the risk of telling one another the truth, sometimes to save a life. Friends really do not let one another drive drunk. They do not leave you behind. Advocates, friends, stand by you when everyone else speaks against you. That's what a friend does. And they speak up on your behalf. Examples of that would be maybe a parent that is also your friend. That I'm going to no, know you, you don't get to just say what you want to say. Spouses, uh, should be that should be stepping forward being able to defend i don't mean when they're in an abusive um, relationship and you're protecting the abuser no then that means another friend's going to step in and, and start to speak very gently very carefully only by way of holy spirit you see that's one of the things i can give my friends permission when they're upset when something's going on they're going to express their relate their personality maybe Maybe they're in a place where their emotions have spoken before they can speak by spirit. Soul has, has crept in. That's my moment not to be offended. That's my moment to step up as a friend because they actually hurt my feelings and I like to slap the snot out of them. But instead, I've got to listen to the spirit of God. See, this 
this is what the apex is of what I'm trying, what we're trying to say tonight. The spirit of the Lord tells us what's going on when we think we know based on how we feel about it. This is what messes up a lot of relationships is I'm, I'm, I'm offended by that person. And so as soon as offense gets in the way, my ears have just been blocked. My eyes have just clouded over. My, um, you know, I, I, my mouth wants to overtake and it wants to speak things to them or about them because offense wants to be the source of my voice. And it wants to be the gate by which my eyes the gate that my eyes pierce, peer through. Uh, it wants to be the gate, if you understand. It wants to become your eye gate, your ear gate, your heart gate. And, and so we have to subject that spirit to the power of the blood of Jesus, to the forgiveness that comes that way, to the Holy Spirit who tells us, no, rise above it. You're looking at it from an earth perspective. You got to see this from your seated place in heavenlies. Otherwise, you're not going to see properly because you're going to see through a haze a dimness and he says i need you to i want you to see through me i want i want to show you what it is and then have your eyes be open first uh, corinthians i believe this 4 4 where it says that the eyes of the understanding of the natural man are clouded they're darkened because satan wants to keep them captive at will he doesn't want them to see clearly and we have to determine no 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 that's not how we operate. And we're going to flow in th these things the way that God does. I could get pretty frustrated tonight because I've been trying to do this tape for over an hour and um, I've had it stop. I had it stop on me, but there's a determination by spirit. Well, then I guess th that those are the mouth, uh, those are the tidbits that you need and that we're going to press on until we finish what it is that the spirit of the Lord wants to say. And and I don't want it to be late, so I have to do it this way. All right. So this is what we're understanding. But in everything, we have the opportunity to properly discern what is going on and and move in, uh, if you will, a prophetic mode instead of a pathetic mode and to see things from from from. He always offers us as a citizen of the kingdom, as a child of God, as a son, the same opportunity that Yeshua walked in which is to see things from 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 the heavenly perspective from the father's point of view that has to be the one by which i govern my life steward my life as we are how are you stewarding your life are you stewarding it by the road of the flesh or are you doing it by the way of the spirit or are you doing it through the soul the, your mind your your assessment i know these things i i have experience with this is i have empirical knowledge of this that or the other because i'm a graduate i have a phd i have an mba i have a bachelor's i have a Ooh, uber this that and the other you know i'm king of the year um whatever it is that you want to think that you are uh, there's still jesus who's king of kings and lord of lords so i i don't think on your best day that you're smarter than the holy spirit you're just not and that has to be my reality i girl you think you know so much what what do you really know and i remember god's encounter with job tell me about come and talk to me talk to me tell me <laughs> And you joy from that. Now, let me read from this other book, because this uh, right here, um, this is talking from uh, about prophetic preaching and teaching. And so I, I wanted us to, we're going to start, we're going to, as we go through this part of the book, um, and I didn't start from the beginning because I'm not, I'm not authorized to teach this course, but I can definitely extract from this 
and teach from it because uh, this book speaks to me. And again, this is Establishing Your Course Through the Prophetic Anointing by Dr. Barry Cook. So in on page about page 48, I started sharing that last week and how he was opening up an understanding of what the prophetic teacher does. Now we're still staying with prophetic teaching, but what we're also wanting to do is understand the the flow of the prophetic. That's that's what we're talking about. And these are things you don't have to be a teacher in order to um you know to flow in the prophetic, but you do need we it is better for us to have an understanding or we won't know when when the, that that anointing can lift and you can step into the flesh and keep thinking you're saying something, you went from prophesying to prophesying. So we want to to understand this. This is the spirit of God. This is the Holy Spirit. This is the testimony uh, um, of Jesus Christ. This is the spirit of prophecy. He dwells on the inside of us. And we want to engage in that intimacy with that friend and learn what kind of person he is so that we don't respond to him in the flesh but we respond by spirit and therefore he is able to expand us and 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 really work with us and in us and through us and those are three totally different headings and teachings by themselves so here on page 49 it under the heading of reveals deals discerns and exposes and i left uh, i left off on um on something that i i just let me just start from here it says first prophetic preaching and teaching reveals the heart of god it reveals what god is doing now it shows what god did in the past what he's doing now and where it's leading in the future in his preaching jesus didn't beat around the bush or generalize he used illustrations that the people could relate to when he talked to fishermen, he gave them fishing illustrations. This is the same way a prophetic preacher ministers today. And that is why people say, well, you know, I feel like he's preaching right at me. This is a good thing. It means that the Holy Ghost is doing his job. He's hitting right where it needs to be hit. He's dealing with what needs to be dealt with. Prophetic preaching and teaching reveals heaven's word, heaven's will and purpose, not in a general way, but intensely and thoroughly. There are two kinds of people that prophetic ministry reaches, those that it bothers and those that it blesses. And I left off there last week, but so let's continue on. It bothers those who are hiding behind sin, flesh, wrong doctrines, personal preferences, or strongholds. Prophetic preaching doesn't simply give you something nice and fancy that can appeal to your head just so that it never has to be dealt with or exposed. See, it's getting visceral now, people. When prophetic preaching comes out, it deals with those things. And the second thing it does, second, prophetic preaching and teaching does not bring condemnation, but conviction. Condemnation pinpoints something and gives guilt without hope. Conviction pinpoints something and shows you a way out. Hope is always associated with conviction. The other type of people that prophetic preaching and teaching reaches are those who are blessed by it. These are those people with pure hearts and pure motives. It blesses those who are tenderhearted and teachable. And I'm going to end right there for the moment. That's page 50. And we're uh, going to, yes, and then we'll continue on. And again, if if I do the camera right, you'll see the cover of the book as it is. Otherwise, it's backwards. But this is. I'm going to learn this stuff. Establishing your course through the
the prophetic anointing by dr barry cook so that's that book that we're coming out of and the other one of course is my book kingdom 101 and um that is the supernatural reality of heaven on earth so uh those are the two texts that we're uh using for this part about friendship because there's a prophetic edge to being a friend there's a um a place in there where by the spirit you see we're spirit to spirit you gotta get it from the holy spirit how do i treat this person right now what's going on with him or her that that uh that was mean what they said to me they hurt it my feelings and and um so you may at that point be one that it's not blessed you're bothered by what's being said because the word of the lord the, the word of the lord that comes to you it didn't come the way that you wanted it and so you are already predis uh, predisposed to dismiss it let me go back to what i was saying in here um it says remember we were talking out of this book about unsetting carnal default you have a carnal default to reject the word of god you have a kingdom default to receive with meekness the engrafted word of god that is uh, able to save your soul but which one do you default to that's what we're asking the question how do you steward your life what are you doing what what is your personal um predisposition or proclivity what do you want do you want just a, a spoonful of heaven and a sprinkle of it or do you want to walk in the fullness of this that's what you've got to determine because that's what you bring to the friendship table to the marriage table whatever type of relationship it is the connection that you have with others it's going to be built upon our personal standards of decency or or uh connectivity and if you are overly demanding but you don't you don't give what you demand of others you you're lopsided you're top heavy you're self-oriented and that's not going to work in any kind of friendship unless you're controlling and you find weak people that you can lord over in which case you're not a true friend so whoever that was bam i just hit you right in between the eyes not to knock you not to um knock you out but to knock that thing off of you because friendships are not flesh controlled and each person is spirit controlled and holy spirit controlled to bring it into to, to make it cause it to rise up to the kingdom level and so those are the things that we want to look like look at because it's different from the social media type of friends which have no investment other than to like or love what you post but they don't know you they don't know and i don't know how many of you know what my favorite color is or my favorite song is or thing to do because that might change you know you may remember what i said but i might not it might not be the same so it's staying up on the current it's not always delving with i know how you are i'm going to end this tonight with one last thing because we talked last week about how everybody, you know, we used to take such pride in all the people that knew us once upon a time. Man, they knew my history. They, they, they know the things that have me put in jail, or they know this. You know, they, they know the stuff that happened. They were with me with what happened in Vegas and things of that sort. I, um, that's my phone. You just have to deal with it because I'm over the time. But what we want to deal with is we want to, um, we want to deal with the fact that what we have to look at now is i need people that know me after the spirit i want to walk and and to lock arms with people 
that will rise to that same standard that are going to hold me accountable to what the word of God has to say and not try to hold me accountable to what my past has to say. I don't need you to bring up how I used to be. I don't need you to bring up all of the different things about myself. No, I don't have any need of that at all. What I have need of instead is for you to be able to um, walk according to the word, to listen for a vo the voice of the Holy Spirit, to listen for the things that he has to say and to call to, to enable us to, 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 to delve into the kingdom and to connect that way. So those are the, the, the things that we're looking at, the, a bond that is rooted in Christ, a relationship that is rooted in each of us having a relationship with the Holy Spirit, an attachment to the things of God, a rapport that whereby we find that our uncommon ground is a supernatural place and not a natural place. Those are the things. This is a little bit different. It's got all kinds of interruptions and it's got all kinds of other things going on. But friendship, here's the last thought. Friendship is intentional. It is scripturally a strong friendship, a covenant relationship. Who are you, okay? Are you one that is going to continue to keep the carnal defaults? Are you one that, um, let me read this sentence again. Oh, there's one other thing I did want to read. Are you one that has a tr trouble receiving what is being said? Or are you going to gravitate toward it? Does Are you one that is blessed? by what the prophetic ministry is releasing? Are you blessed by what is being said right now? Or are you bothered by it um, so much so that you want to turn your back on it? Because this is prophetic. This There's so much more to learn. And and again, we have to determine what it is. What what do you really want? Do you want the the heading, the title, the classification without doing the work? Do you want to walk in the things of God and let these things, let this word dwell in you so much that you are amazingly uh, such a blessing? Or do you just want to be talked about by people with thumbs up and I just love you so much and you're such a, you know, you're, you're such a good sister or brother in the Lord. And it's like, no, what you are is a cake half turned. You know, what you are is you got, you got the look and the right smell happening, except for the fact that you're not maturing in things. And we have levels of that. Um, this last part, I think I wanted to read. I, I just love this thing about intimacy, but um, maybe not. Okay, I do want to read this part. This is on page 19 out of Dr. Cook's book. And it says that the anointing to prophesy comes with worship. Worship activates a prophetic utterance. Your spiritual ears begin to hear, your spiritual eyes begin to open, and you can see things because you're tuned in to look for them. It's not a matter of how long you've been in Christ. Anyone can flow in prophecy. There are questions that many people need answered at various times in their life. And God intended for the prophetic to flow on a regular basis. Once you begin to learn it and be trained in it, then you can move in it on your own, in your own worship time. Worshiping God pulls answers from heaven into your being. It pulls peace into your being. You will never get very far in the prophetic realm if you're limited in worshiping God. And I don't think we're going to get very far in our friendships, in our relationships, if we are not committed to worshiping God. This is why intimacy and the relationship with him must come first. As we continue to explore friendship, as we look at that before we get into couples dynamics and things of that sort, or parent and child, what I'm encouraging all of us to do 
is to look again at the relationship that we have with ourselves by way of the Holy Spirit and ask him to to be willing to be blessed by his truth. I'm, he, he's speaking to me right now and he will speak to you through his word, always by his word. His word backs up what I'm saying to you. Go back through the, the passage in Colossians in everything and then even look in the gospels and see what kind of friend Jesus is. He's still a friend. We don't just sing that song to sing that song. But what you want to do is say, okay, what a friend I have in Jesus. What kind of friend do I have in you? A friend that loves at all times. A friend that so loved me that he gave his life for me. A friend that so um, loved me that when he gave his life for me, he got up for me. A friend that has fought for me, who allows his, who has sent me um, additional help to make sure that I'm not alone. He has never left me or forsaken me a friend who is a king, a friend who is mighty and also is, is my empowerment. And, and there's so much more. And then I recognize who I am to be and how my friend wants to express himself through me. You see, friendship means that I will let the Christ in me reach through me and flow to you, to love you, to pray for you, to stand with you, to walk with you, to speak the truth to you, seasoned with love and with salt. And on and on it goes. I don't create an expectation for how you are to be toward me. There are many people I tell I love you that never say it back to me. So what should I do? Should I say, well, since they don't love me, I'm not going to tell them. No. If I have the words to say, it's because God said, I want them to hear them today. You don't know what's going on. Maybe they're uncomfortable or whatever it happens to be. But what you're going to do is listen to the Lord and then follow, not try to lead him, but follow him. So those are the words that we have for tonight. It has been in two parts, and um, but I believe that it's a blessing that we just go with. Ask the questions, have the conversation, get the books that we're talking about read along with or read ahead. I don't mind you do whatever you want to do or need to do. Read the books um, that are being referenced. Get Quantum Faith by Annette Caps. It's about 20, 30 pages and it's a tiny little book. Read that. Whatever I'm telling you I'm reading, I've got some other books coming up um, by some other authors, some I'm blessed to know and some I haven't met yet. But um, I've got a, a number of books that I, I want to refer you to that it's like, come on, read read the Bible. That's the number one book. All these others, my book and everybody else's books I mentioned, they're rooted in those scriptures or I'm not going to recommend them. If the Bible doesn't, if you can't find it in the word of God, if it does not line up, if it doesn't pass Holy Spirit's smell test, I'm not going to tell you about it. But the ones that I'm recommending, I'm recommending because I believe that the writers, the authors have paid the price on their knees and in their lives. And we bleed for these things. <laughs> you don't get revelation. You don't get to tell people in a book that really is authenticated by heaven without a price having been paid. So since the price has been paid, the way has been made. You know, there's a trail that's being blazed for us to walk in and to receive from the experiences of one another that allow the love of God to flow through us. So I will prayerfully have just a single message the next time that we get together. 
I am Pastor Lindsay Lee of Astounding Love, a Global Church Fellowship. This has been an interesting Wednesday night Bible study, Astounding Love, and anyone else that wants to give, remember um, that we do receive the tithes and the offerings from the church people tonight, and we receive offerings from whosoever will, and that's all we have to say on that. But I love you very much, and I appreciate the fact that you stuck with us, and we went through these different things this way. So this is part three, <laughs> three-part teaching tonight. Um, again, you know who I am. You know where we're from. I love you astoundingly, and we will see you next week. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.